One of the objections and frustrations I hear most from business owners is about the current generation of up-and-coming employees. And there's no question they have different values and priorities than many of us did. So how do we handle this? Stay tuned, and I'll tell you what I think. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. I came across this quote, and it seems to reflect the sentiment of many of us in society, including in leadership roles, business owners, supervisors, managers. And here's how it goes. Kids these days are spoiled with luxury. They have bad manners and contempt for authority. They're too busy talking and don't go outside and play enough. They show disrespect for elders and talk over others. Children are now tyrants and don't understand their place. They no longer show respect to elders. They argue with their parents, talk over other adults, and terrorize their teachers. Now, if I were to ask you when you thought that was written, you might say something like, sounds pretty close to what we're facing today. It might have been written yesterday or a month ago, or two years ago. I did some paraphrasing, but it was written by Socrates, who was born in 470 BC and died in 399 BC. So if he wrote this on his deathbed, that's 2,422 years ago, 87 generations ago. And to show you what I mean, here's what he really said. I'll show you the, the paraphrasing I did. So here's what he really said. The children now love luxury. They have bad manners contempt for authority. They show disrespect for the elders and love chatter in place of exercise. Children are now tyrants, not the servants of their households. They no longer rise when elders enter the room. They contradict their parents, chatter before company, gobble up dainties at the table, cross their legs, and tyrannize their teachers. So I did some linguistic alterations there to make it more sense. I didn't even know what a dainty was, to be honest with you. I had to look that up and see what it is. It's a it's like a dessert. It's like a sweet thing you would eat at the table. So anyhow, point is the whole kids these days, uh, you know, thing lies firmly in the reality of there's nothing new under the sun. This is how it is. And if we stipulate that, indeed, this generation does not do things like we did, we're left with a problem. If we're not getting the results we want with ge- this generation using methods that used to work, we must change one of the variables. Either we change the results we want, we change the workforce we're going to work with, or we change our methods. And to me, it's really that simple. Like it or not, fair or not fair, we might very well look back at this time, five to 10 years from now, and say this was the good old days. Here's another example I give folks. I mean, if you go back in time to, I don't know the year, I, I should have looked up before I, before I started. I, 1932, 1933, whatever it was, when they're building the Golden Gate Bridge. There's literally hundreds or even thousands of men standing along the chain link fence that that went around the perimeter of the job site 
waiting for a man to fall to his death so they might be chosen to go do this very dangerous job to provide for their family. They didn't need a lot of motivation. <laughs> when they would walk on the job site, they, did, they had a lot of initiative. They would ask the people around them, how do I do this the right way? If there was some, some skill they had to learn, they would go home probably on their own time and practice it. They would do all kinds of things to make sure they kept their job because literally their family, eating or not eating, depended on them having this job. They were highly motivated. They had a lot of initiative. They had a lot of ownership. There was tons of accountability. There was not a such thing. I would imagine on that job site of telling people three or four times, do the thing. Either you did the thing or you're out and the next guy will. We don't have that now. Like it or not, fair or unfair, the vast majority of the workforce right now probably believes that if they lost this job today, they could go get another one tomorrow and they might like it the same, a little better, a little worse. They might make a couple bucks an hour more, a little less. But it's, it's not the same as it was back when the Golden Gate Bridge was being built. We don't have the same workforce we had when we were up and coming. We don't have our parents' workforce. We don't have the workforce we had 15 years ago. But I still have my expectations. So who has the problem here? They certainly don't. They can go work somewhere else. They can go work for somebody who has lower expectations and maybe, maybe pay them a buck an hour or more. I have the problem because I have the expectations. Me, this is 100% my problem and nobody else. More on that in a minute. First, if you're interested in meeting to see if the solutions I offer would benefit you and help you reach your financial and time freedom goals, just go to oneononewithbrian.com. Doesn't matter if you use letters or numbers for the ones. Just oneononewithbrian.com to schedule a Zoom call where I'll walk you through how it works and answer any questions you might have. Again, that's oneononewithbrian.com. It takes you right to my calendar so you can set up an appointment there. Oneononewithbrian.com. All right. So... What we have to do now, more than we've had to do in decades, is connect the dots on what's in it for them to do this thing. And here's the thing. Even though, like I literally just had this conversation this morning. The first time I was talking to you is, yeah, but this generation, they stay home, live with their parents, and they live in their parents' basement forever. And they do this, and they play video games. And they don't even go outside. And they text. They don't talk to people anymore. All those things are true. I will grant all those things are true to whatever degree you say. I, I got it. I get it. I understand. They're not who we were, but they still have drivers. They still have priorities. They still make decisions on what makes them go. They still have things that motivate them. So part of it is I've got to connect the dots on, help them connect the dots on what's in it for them to do the thing. Again, Golden Gate Bridge, I didn't have to connect the dots. You do this, you figure it out on your own, you ask the guy next to you, you study at home, or the next guy will. It's that simple. It was even kind of like that only 15 years ago in, you know, 2009, 2010. It wasn't quite Golden Gate Bridge times, but we could have a lot higher expectation that people would do things on their own because unemployment was like 12% or 11% or 10%, depending on where you live. You could have that expectation. Some, we still had, a you know, as far as most industries, still didn't have enough people who were trained in their industry. You know, lots of people in the trades, even back then still struggle to find people because, you know, we just have gone through a period in, in our society where we haven't trained this kind of stuff. So even then, it was not quite like it is now, and it was not quite Golden Gate Bridge times. But point is, more now, more than ever, certainly more in recent years, I have to help them connect the dots on what's in it for them. And when I say what's in it for them, a lot of folks push back and say, 
this is crap. I pay them a wage. Like they're supposed to do this thing. They should do this thing. And here's, here's you've heard me say this before. Should is one of those words that if I had a leadership team now, I would not allow the leadership team to use that word. I used to have a word attitude that I would not let leadership team use. And if I had a leadership team today, should is a word I would not allow because it gives us a pass. If they should do this thing, that means I sh- it should not be my responsibility. Well, in this case, I'm the one who wants the thing. It's 100% my responsibility. So I have to do the work because I'm the leader. This is part of leadership, in my opinion. I have to be the one to say, I'm not getting the results I want. I can't change the workforce. The only other variable is I change my strategy. So now, instead of demanding, I'm going to have to do a little bit of work here. I'm going to have to do a little bit of work up front and figure out what's in it for them to do this, which means what are their goals? What makes them go in life? And you've heard me say for some time that lesson I had to learn the hard way is people don't do what I want simply because I want it. And I will tell you, I spent the first couple of years of my career managing people firmly believing that because I had the rank and I had the title and I had the want that this thing happened, that should be enough. My life and my career would have been a lot easier if that actually were the case. I would not have so many embarrassing moments to reflect upon. I would not have so many terrible moments in leadership and learning how to manage people and lead people if that were the case. That's just not how it works. None of us makes decisions based on what somebody else wants. Are there times we make decisions to do to keep our job? Yes. That's because I value the job. If I didn't value the job, it, I wouldn't do that. In all cases, we do things because of something we want. We want the stability. When unemployment is 12%, we want the security. We want the income. We want the stability. When unemployment is 4%, there's less of that, right? So how is what we need done also helping them reach their goals or scratch that itch that they have or you know, meet, uh, meet the needs of a driver they have, right? You heard me talk before if you've been listening for a while. I told you about the employee who, who grew up in, in foster homes, never had a family. What he valued more than anything was the family. He felt like coming to work was a family. He didn't care how much money he made. He didn't care what his hours were. He didn't care what he was asked to do. He loved that family atmosphere. That's what he loved. And I knew that about him. And sometimes there was a challenge. And sometimes I'd have to talk through things and say, like, listen, I know you value having a family here. Does what you're doing feel like you're contributing to the family? No. Okay. What do you think we need to do? I need to fix that. Okay. And he would fix it because he valued the family. I didn't threaten his job. I didn't say you would make more money if you do this. It wasn't like that. So sometimes people think I'm talking to them like figuratively when I say this. I literally mean every bit of training and education I do is through the lens of what's in it for them to care about this, what's in it for them to learn this, and what's in it for them to apply this. Not what's in it for the people I wish they were to do this. Not what should be in it for them. Not what would be in it for them if they cared about the things I care about. I'm telling you, I've done that so many times and spent years and years and years spinning my wheels because I was doing those things. What should be in it for them is this. They should care about this. They should want to do it because I say they should care because they're getting X dollars an hour. They should care because our company is better than brand X. They should care for That's not how it works. I have to know this person. I'm the one who wants the thing. I'm the one who wants the outcome. I'm the one who wants the performance level. Therefore, my strategy has to be, how do I get what I want? 
Well, I'm a selfish person. Me, Brian, I just am. I want what I want, and I don't want to have to babysit it. I want people to do the right thing because they want to. Because why? That makes my life so much easier because I don't have to babysit any of that stuff. If they want to do it, they are very likely to do it when I'm not looking. If they have to do it, I have to babysit it. And one of the things we have to understand here is the person who has the ability to say no has the power. Right now, in 2023, like it or not, fair or unfair, they have the ability to say no because they can work somewhere else. I'm the one who needs to change because I can change me and my methods. I don't want to change my expectations, and I can't change the workforce I have at the moment. And by the way, this is where some of my clients have the absolute greatest breakthroughs. Once we figure out what's in it for our team, collectively and individually. Now, I'm not saying if you have 54 employees, you go learn this with 54 people. I am saying you learn it for your leadership team and teach them how to learn it for their teams and on down it goes. So, you know, when I, when I sold my, my company, there were people who had been in the company for less than six months or a year. I didn't know this stuff about them, but I promise you their managers did because I asked them about it. I asked them to explain it to me. What makes them go? What do they want to be? What do they want to do with their life? Is this a career or is this a job? Do they want to be in a leadership role or not? What make, what's their idea of doing a good job? How do they know that they're being successful? How do they, how do they measure or what criteria they use to determine what, if they're being successful? What kind of standards they have? What, what are the things that make them feel like they have high standards? What tells them that they're, they're doing well? If we can't answer these questions, we can't help them connect the dots on why they should want to do this thing. Again, the last episode I talked about many times our people want to be seen as leaders, especially in the trades. There's a, there's a whole hierarchy based on skill set. That really matters to some of these folks. And you can't be the expert if you don't do the thing, right? So if they want to be the expert, this is pretty simple. You can't be the expert if you only do the things that you think matter, but you don't do things the customer thinks matter or the accident prevention stuff. This is one of the, the most critical things I think that, that absolutely changed everything for me. And this is one of the things that's, that's hardest for us to embrace quite frankly, because there's some ego stuff here. There's some longing for the good old days. And there's also kind of the, the, the way we work as human beings. This is not a business owner thing. This is very much a human being thing where I want the most for the least. I want to do the least amount I have to to get the highest return I can. And this is an example where I have high expectations that they do the thing and I'm, I, I should have to do very little upfront investing to figure it out. And I get it. I, Listen, <laughs> I can appreciate that perspective. I just don't think we have that luxury in this moment in time. Will we have the Golden Gate Bridge scenario again someday? Probably. I don't, will I be still working? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have a whole different set of problems than I promise. So collectively and individually, again, at least for the people I interact with, and I teach my leadership team, the supervisors, superintendents, foremen, managers, to do this with their team. I have to know what makes this person go. Do they want to be in a leadership role? Let's say they do. Okay, well, you can't very well be in a leadership role if you can't teach the things I'm asking you to do. You can't teach the things I'm asking you to do if you don't do them yourself. So if you want to be that superintendent someday, Johnny, what do you think the path is to get there? What kinds of things do you think I'm going to ask you to be really good at? And he's probably, if you ask today, he'd probably say, well, like getting your estimates in on time, accident prevention, and following the process and procedures, and the stuff, the stuff that you don't, the stuff that's not getting done that you want to get done right now, that stuff. You know, I have a, a great example. I had a guy really good technically, was horrible with people, 
wanted desperately to be a manager. I said, to be a manager, what kinds of what you know, what kinds of weaknesses do you think you'll need to work on? I probably need to get better at working with people. You're 100% right. <laughs> I agree 100%. So guess what? I didn't have to babysit that. Because what was in it for him was he wanted to be the manager. And to do to, to be the manager, he had to do the thing what I want, which I wanted, which was I wanted him to treat people better. <laughs> and so that's this is what I'm talking about with connecting the dots. What's in it for them is collectively they will they will see themselves as a as wanting to be a thing, a a, a, um, a type of character or an avatar. Right. Some some groups of people want to be the heroes. Some want to be the experts. Some want to be leaders. Like those are common examples I've come across. Collectively, the team will will see themselves as as being, you know, this this character, this avatar. Okay, well, to be the hero, you got to do this thing. Like you can't be the hero if you're wrecking the vehicle on the way to the job site. You can't be the hero if you burn the house down. You can't be the hero if you flood the 27 story hotel. The hero is not just about doing the technical thing. It's about doing all the things. And individually, what makes this person go? Well, I want to take care of my family. Great. Well, you can't take care of your family if you don't do this stuff. Because if you don't do it here, you got to do it somewhere else. You know? So, again, it's just, about, it's just about taking the time to learn what makes these people go. They have drivers. Something makes them go to work. Something makes them play video games. Something makes them go for, go for hikes. We all do things because it scratches an itch we have. It, it's all about the drivers we have and the goals we have. What is it for them? When you know what's in it for your team, what makes them go, what they're aspiring to be, what professional and per, uh, personal goals they're, they're aspiring to hit, and speak to those things, all of a sudden, the things start happening. And, and the way I did it was just, I just asked, just had conversations with them. This isn't something you know, we have a formal like, hey, you know, Brad, come in here, sit down. I want to talk to you for 10 minutes. We have a very formal like across the desk. This is not that kind of a thing. This this may take days, weeks or months. And once I figure out somebody's going to be in a leadership role, then I really need to figure out what's going to make them go. Like what the worst thing I can find out, you know, is they have an aspiration to to move to Montana and I invest 18 months or five years training them to be a great manager. And they're like, OK, well, I'm living my lifelong dream. I'm moving to Montana now. I start completely all over again. Why would I do that to myself? So it's it's just asking questions. You know, when you think about the customer, assessing how you perform, what do you what do you want them to be thinking about? That will tell you what they care about. You know what what kind of what kind of position do you want to have in five years? You know, and I don't like the where do you see yourself in five years? I don't like those kinds of things. But like, if you could wave your magic wand and create whatever job you wanted, what would it be? Okay, well, why does that matter to you? Why do you pick that? Of all the things you could have picked, Johnny, why did you pick that? These are the kinds of questions we can ask to figure out what makes them go. And once we know what makes them go, all training goes through that lens for me. If I know they want to be the hero, I want to know they want to be a manager someday. The way to get to be a hero, the way to get to be a manager is to do these things. And then what do you know? They start doing it, especially when they can explain back how, they do, how they're going to go about doing it and then how they have done it. So anyhow, I hope that helps. This is one of the greatest breakthroughs that I had. This is one of the greatest breakthroughs people I work with have. And simultaneously, is one of the things that people are the most reluctant to embrace. I hope this helps. I hope you will take the day time to learn what makes people go. It, it just, just occurred to me, Dale Carnegie, I think it was the one that said it, when you help, or no, Zig Ziglar, one of those two, when you help enough, the way to get what you want in life is to help enough people get what they want in life. And, I, and it took me forever to figure out what they meant. I really didn't understand what they meant. I think this is it. I think this is what they meant. You figure out what they want. You connect the dots on how to get what they want. 
and you show them the path of success to get what they want, which is oftentimes doing the thing we need, preventing accidents, getting the estimates done, getting the paperwork in, communicating well with the customer, all these kinds of things. That's how you get what you want, Johnny, is to do these things well. And once they can connect the dots, what do you know? Performance goes up. And what do you know? I get what I want. And what do you know? I don't have to babysit it. It's awesome. <laughs> Trust me. Try it. Pretty please. This may be the most important episode I've ever done. This is this is one of the things that, again, I just the breakthroughs I see and I've experienced personally are off the charts, and people are so reluctant to, to embrace this because of a variety of reasons. So, you know, please try it. And then shoot me a message. I'd love to hear how it goes. Shoot me an email or shoot me a, a DM on Facebook or I'm easy to get a hold of. Uh, tell me how it goes. I'd love to hear about it. So anyhow, don't forget to go to one on one with Brian.com to schedule a zoom call to see if you think we're a good fit. Again, one on one with Brian.com. Don't forget to subscribe or follow, share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner or service industry. This episode, especially, I mean, I mean if you know any business owners who are saying, I told my people 500 times, they still won't do the thing. This is the episode to share. Give us a rating review if you haven't had a chance. If you can spare a couple minutes. And thank you to everyone who has done that. That's it for this week. And I'll see you all next week.